then Andre Prue, he was halfway announcing what had happened. He turned his mic off. Everyone loves Andre. Come on in. Episode six of season one of the MJ Sports Pod. Josh, we are now over the halfway point to number 10. Uh, last week, we put out the episode a little later, and going forward, we're going to be releasing these episodes on Thursday mornings, or Thursday sometime, hopefully Thursday mornings. <laughs> that's that's going to be our goal going forward here, uh, just with things in our own lives. Uh, it gets a little crunched at the beginning of the week to try and get it out by Wednesday, so uh, Thursday will be the day we aim for now, um, which actually I think works a little, really well with... Um, with the NFL schedule, right? Because we often do the pickums, and then so if we release the, if we finish recording Wednesday night, Thursday night football is the next night, and uh, I think right now as we we're recording this segment Monday, um, the NFL is having Monday night football, and it's a it's a game actually, unlike last week, or was was it Thursday night football that Indianapolis played Denver? Anyways, the snooze fest it was. Oh, uh, this Thursday. It was Thursday, I think, because uh, uh, I was actually watching that game while we were recording because it went into overtime. Right, right, right. So, yeah, we're we're going forward here. We're uh, trying to change things up on the fly and make this podcast the best it can be. And uh, so this week on the show, we'll talk some CFL, we'll talk some NFL, we'll talk some NHL. Uh, as we record this on the Monday, like I said, uh, teams had to be under the salary cap ceiling by 5 p.m. Eastern time. So that time has come and gone. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that and PTOs and things that have taken place. Mike's Major League Moments is here as the Blue Jays uh, play 162 games and then lay an egg two games in a row, and they're on their way home, or they stay home. I guess at least they're home, right? They don't have to travel home. Maybe some of them do. But that's where we're at. And so when we come back, we will get going on this. Uh, season one, episode six of the MJ Sports Pod. Welcome back to the MJ Sports Pod, season one, episode six. Uh, Josh, we talked about doing this a while back when before training camp began about evaluating where these PTOs would go because I think when I checked, I think there was around forty PTOs. I don't remember the exact number there was, but there was a lot of them um that came out and there always is every year um but if we go through some of the some of the names here a lot of people have been released from their ptos um there's a couple here though jimmy vc signed a one-year deal so he has made the team for the new york rangers daniel sprong has made the kraken but that was his team last year so i'm not quite sure that's an interesting pto um uh scott harrington signed a one-year deal with the sharks we have uh, Calvin DeHaan signed a one-year deal with the Hurricanes. Derek Broussard today signed a one-year deal with the Senators. Or there's Phenom there. Uh, <laughs> and Nathan Beaulieu uh, signed a one-year deal with the Ducks. We talked about that one last week. And since since last episode, uh, Zach Aston Reese has also signed a one-year deal with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, uh, what are your thoughts, Josh, on some of those signings? Or, like, there's some big names, too, that have been released from their PTO. Um, I find it very funny on one hand that – I shouldn't laugh, I guess. I'm not a hockey player, but uh, Alex Chason uh, couldn't make the Coyotes. So I don't know if that says something about the Coyotes or it says something about him. But uh, his career is kind of 
starting to sail off. What do you think on some of those signings? There's some big names there. Yeah, no, I about Chase on first. Uh, that is very surprising because you think the duck or the not the ducks, the Coyotes would just be bringing anybody in basically that yeah. uh, they could to fill out that roster. Um, but yeah, no, the PTO thing is just it's just like I said. I think when we on our very first episode or when we first started talking, it's just a weird situation this year. Um, and there is a lot of like big names, like Sonny Milano was in Calgary. He got released from his PTO. Uh, it was another like big free agent name that was, everyone was waiting to see where he would sign kind of thing. And he's gone. And uh, as we were talking before the podcast, it sounds like uh, Eric Stahl didn't make the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just weird ones, but like, uh, I mean, it's also all these teams because of the COVID and the flat cap and stuff. Everyone's just so tight up against it that it's hard to make some of these guys work. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Oilers had Vertanen and oh, what's his name? Uh, Jason Demers. Yeah, Jason Demers. Those were their only PTOs, and both of them got released at the end of the preseason stuff there. So. I mean, mm-hmm. there's not much people can do, I don't think, as far as, like, unless you're Chicago or Arizona. But uh, they're both going tanking for Bedard, I think. So who knows how much uh, talent they want to actually bring into their team. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Exactly. Well, I think I'm going to read a little bit off of uh, – this is floridahockeynow.com. This is on the Eric Stahl thing. So it says that uh, – Bill Zito confirmed the Panthers will start with 20 players, three under the league roster maximum, meaning they'll have, they will dress all players for games to start out. Uh, so he said, we're going to have to manage it for a while until situations present themselves to get more players up. And um, it says with the Panthers being so close against the salary cap, it was unable to add Eric Stahl at this time. Stahl, who is 37 years old. So it's not like he's <laughs> not like he's in his young prime. But it says he did not practice with the team Monday morning, but his equipment is still in the team locker room at the arena. And it says he's been released from his PTO. Um, Bill Zito said we've talked to him, his agent, trying to figure out a way to keep it alive. So he says he's a guy who, given the flexibility of a larger roster, is someone we have interest in trying to keep it alive. And then it says on Monday afternoon, the Panthers claimed defenseman Josh Mahura from the Ducks off waivers and sent six others down to the, to the minors, including Chris Tierney, Alexi Heponiemi, who played for the Broncos, Lucas Carlson and Michael Delzato. Those, those are all big names as well. But uh, it sounds mm-hmm. like the sounds like he's been officially released. But then there's going to be uh, they want to make it work somehow. But I mean that that opens the door to anyone to sign. Right? You know what I mean? Like if he gets a contract offer, he's going to say see you later to Florida, right? So um, I'm not oh, sure what sure. to make of that. But very very intriguing thoughts. Yeah, definitely. So. We'll uh we'll see where things are going now with the with the PTOs and uh, uh there's a few more I'll just read a few names here of people that are still on the PTO as of Monday night when we're recording this um so Derek Stefan Michael Stone Anton Strollman um there's a few names here of of guys that are still trying to get a job here Rocco Grimaldi in Anaheim I guess there's room there on that roster now um. And uh, Mark Borkowski and Artem Anisimov. So there's a there's a few names there that are um, we're kind of wondering what's what's going to happen 
there. Uh, the season will start on Tuesday evening. So there's two games that have been played overseas in the Czech Republic between the Predators and the Sharks. And I have to say the Sharks jerseys this season, uh, they they threw them back to last season or to their like inaugural year at the Teal and the white, and they redid the numbering and lettering on them. They look absolutely sharp uh, from something they've just had for so long with those block numbers and pretty basic jerseys. Uh, so those are going to look pretty good. But <laughs> that's an aside. Nashville's jerseys are the same. And uh, so after that game, though, uh, this evening I was re- just reading a lot about sports because that's what we're talking about here and came across this tweet from Dominic Hoshik. And at first I thought maybe it was a fake account, but I've actually since found articles that back what this tweet says. And so Dominic Hoshik took to Twitter. Uh, that was 2.42 this afternoon. So Monday afternoon, October the 10th. It says, during the weekend, two NHL games were played in Prague, uh, which is the Predators-Sharks games. The leadership of the NHL did not respect the position of our Minister of Foreign, Re- Foreign Affairs, that Russian players should not play until the current leaders of the NHL resign and then apologize to our country. The NHL is no longer welcome in the Czech Republic. And I'm like, okay. So the Sharks had two Russian players on that, on their roster and Nashville had one. I did find that out because I was curious, like how big a deal was this with the whole team? Mike Greer did say when he heard that, um, that if, if part of the team was staying home, the, the whole team was staying home and the Czech Republic wouldn't get the NHL coming there. Um, but I don't, I don't know. Like you had Yammer Yager dropping the puck at center ice for one of the games. Like all these Czech heroes in hockey were all about this. And then you just read this. I didn't even know about this thing, but it's this whole Russian Ukraine invasion. Like, what do you think about that, Josh? I think it's of all people to come up being Dominic Hasek and, and demanding that the NHL grass resign and apologize to the country as a whole. That's, I mean, I don't live there, but to me, it seems a little outlandish for two games that were played. It's not like the league is there permanently. Yeah, no, I kind of was going to say what you said. Like, I don't, we don't live there, so we don't know what is the extent of things going on. But I mean, the Sharks did make it pretty clear, like Mike Greer, like, if you don't want Russian players there, we're not coming. And obviously, that wasn't a big hurdle for like, I don't like maybe not a big hurdle is not the right word, but like it wasn't a big obstacle or whatever you want to call it. Like, cause they ended up playing there. So, yeah. I mean, was it really that big of a deal or is it just like Dominic Hasek is really passionate about this and he's more upset than everybody else about it? Because like, <laughs> if yeah. the Czech people, if like the minister of whatever didn't want Russian players there, like you think that they wouldn't have played then because the Sharks wouldn't have gone, but they obviously like went through all the proper channels and it all got approved and green lighted to go. So it's like, it's hard to say. It's just, I don't know, just a weird situation. It's hard to say what's right and what's wrong. Cause like you said, we don't live there. We don't know what's going on with that whole crisis. Uh, yeah. We know what we read and hear, but we don't know like the full extent. Exactly. And, I mean, Dominic Hasek, Yarmir Yager, like, these are some Czech heroes that have played hockey, right? But it just seems like, I don't know, that just came out of nowhere. And it said they weren't going to issue visas to the uh, Russian players, but they were there. So, like, how were they bluffing? Like, that's the other thing I don't understand. There's something missing here that we don't know. 
But I just found that very interesting. You don't hear about Dominic Hasek anymore. This is the first time I heard of him in a while, and this is what he had to say. Um, obviously, like, yeah. the player is unreal. He's he's won the heart and the Vesna many like it's he's won all his accolades. But it's just like I don't know. It's just to demand the NHL brass like resign, and it's kind of like the Hockey Canada thing in my mind, right? Like, but this is global instead. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, dude, it's a private league. Like it's. Well, it's not not necessarily privately, but it's not like it's uh, owned by a country. You know what I mean? Like they're all there's private ownership for each team. It's weird. Yeah, and I mean, again, like maybe this is gonna sound harsh, but it's like, uh, would the NHL not playing in Czechoslovakia really do anything poorly for the NHL? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I think it's more for the fans to be able to see stuff like that than it is for like anything else well, <laughs> so, I mean like if, if they never went back to Czechoslovakia to play a preseason game again would it be a big deal or a first or opening game or whatever it was like would it really be that big of a deal I personally don't think so but like that might sound a little harsh because I don't really know much about things on that side of hockey like and in yeah. that country so <laughs> well and I mean and, and you're meaning you're meaning uh, Czech Republic instead of Czechoslovakia because they're two different countries now but the uh yeah, sorry. <laughs> no <laughs> just making sure this is politically correct, Josh. That's what we're about here on the podcast. No, um yeah. like in the world juniors, you look at those look at those hockey teams, Slovakia and, and now they're called Czechia. Um they're good. Right? Like they're they're not winning gold medals, but they're they're decent up and coming teams. Um and we'll see what's what's gonna come this year. I mean, World Juniors will go again twice in six months. Hopefully the winter edition is more exciting than the summer edition was, but, <laughs> but it is like, it's kind of weird. What's I, I just don't quite understand what's going on here with, with that situation, but that's just a random note that I saw this evening and kind of wanted to discuss. I don't know what's going to come of it, but it's like the games are played. The NHL isn't going back there anyways. They're going to Finland next. So it's like, <laughs> okay, Dom, like we're not going to apologize. We're not coming back there anyways. That's what I. That's where I would be, right? If I'm a if I'm a business and an owner of one of those teams, like this this impacts the the Predators ownership and the Sharks ownership as well in a in a degree, right, or to a degree. So yeah, but uh, all 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 being said, the Preds went two and zero. They won both games, um, and we'll look forward to seeing <laughs> what kind of. Pot is stirred when the Finland edition goes in uh, November. But uh, any closing thoughts on that global series there, Josh? Yeah, no, I was just going to comment. I I really like those Sharks jerseys. I like the color scheme they went back to and, like, the style and everything. Like, I saw mm-hmm. some highlights from that game, and I forgot that they had changed that all around. And I was like, man, those look they look nice. Because <laughs> they used to have – their white jerseys used to have teal numbers, right? Like, the – the last edition here, like when they went to the cup against Pittsburgh, we're talking that this kind of era that they're in. Um, and I tuned it yeah. in too, and it was all black on the back, like numbers and print and print and it's different font. It's different numbering, like design. And it's like, they look sharp. And then the all teal looks, I mean, the dark, I kind of wish, I know there's been a, a thing in the NHL that they want the teams to go back to wearing the darks on the road. So other teams can enjoy their, the color jerseys when they come to town. You know what I mean? Like, but that's an aside. Like, I go to one game every two years, so I guess I don't really have a say in that. But it's <laughs> it is it is interesting. But this, yeah, the jerseys look unreal, and there's going to be some good ones yeah. this year. Carolina, 
switched to, to, to their black uniform as their primary home, and then they're bringing back the 06 red ones that they wore against the Oilers in the Cup Final as their alternates this year. So uh, there's some cool cool jerseys going on, and we could, we could rate some of those later. We'll probably do an episode in November with the reverse retros and talk about the jerseys, I'm sure. Um, and then we can show them to everyone's ears on the podcast. <laughs> I guess talk about them. <laughs> everyone listens to this, but um, but yeah, we'll get we'll get going here. I mean, season will start on uh, Tuesday night. Um, interesting thing is that usually the opening night of the season involves a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a a championship banner raising and a you know celebration of the team, all that stuff, but. There's apparently something going on at the Ball Arena in Colorado, so they have to wait till Wednesday night, um, which I think is like, whoops, someone didn't think <laughs> that through. So we have the Lightning in New York to play the Rangers, which will be a good game. That was a playoff series last year. And then you have Vegas in L.A. as well to open up the season, uh, just two games. And then Wednesday, um, I guess you can say, oh, Canada, the Leafs, Canadians, the Oilers, and the Canucks. Uh, there's some... There's not tons of games either. I, there's six games on Tuesday, uh, but the first Saturday of the year is always good. I think 14 games in play. So, um, yeah, <laughs> looking forward to the uh, to the season getting going here. Um, and uh, we're going to take uh, a brief break, I think, Josh. We promised our listeners, uh, especially the ones in Europe, that we would have uh, be ranking some – some teams. So we want to rank the Canadian teams this week. Um, we'll probably do some division quick rundowns as well. Uh, but that will come on the other side of the break where we'll just step aside for a minute and we'll be right back on the MJ Sports Pod. Welcome back into the MJ Sports Pod. We're at Season 1, Episode 6 here. And uh, Josh, we've broken down all seven Canadian teams um tried to be unbiased in our views especially against the flames um done our best it's an opinion podcast it's going to be what's going to be but we had the idea thrown to us by someone who is listening to the podcast um and we'd actually thrown this around i think ourselves as well too but we want to do some rankings uh before the season gets going and obviously we won't get them all in because <laughs> we want to rank the divisions too <laughs> uh and technically the season's already started so we're already late on that but uh, for the Canadian teams, the season has not started. We want to rank them here um, to see, like, what do we think is going to happen? We'll probably be all wrong on it, but uh, I'm just going to read how the how the Canadian teams finished in order. So we're talking, we're not talking regular season standings. We're saying who went, who like number one is going to be Edmonton because they went the furthest, then Calgary, then Toronto. That's one, two, three, right? So we're doing it that way versus where you finished in the regular season um, and who was the most successful uh, there. And that is not because we're Oilers fans, but that's how we're going to be doing these rankings. So we have all these teams. It was Edmonton, Calgary, Toronto. They were the only three of the Canadian teams to make the playoffs. Then we had Vancouver and Winnipeg, three points apart from each other. And then Ottawa and then Montreal. Now, Edmonton and Calgary won playoff series. Montreal won the first overall pick. Otherwise, nothing really happened for these teams this year. And Montreal went from Stanley Cup finalist to number one overall. And we'll see what their season's going to be this year. But um, what do you think, Josh? Do you th- who do you think 
I don't know. What do you what do you think? <laughs> we should make a correction. You said Montreal went from Stanley Cup favorite to first overall, but I think we should maybe make note of the first overall draft pick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or yes. Stanley Cup finals, the first overall draft pick. So yes, for, it was the... one of the better teams to last team. <laughs> yes, they, they dropped very badly. Right. We're trying to not sugarcoat that. Yeah. Um, um but let's let's but, start at the uh, bottom. Who's Who's not going to move this year? Or who, who doesn't have a plan? You think Montreal's at the bottom? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna put uh, I, I our, think, our names here. I think because, uh, like, they're still in their rebuild or retool or whatever they want to say. Like, I, I just – and Carey Price is out for a while. Like, who knows? I, I don't know. I think out of all the Canadian teams, I think they'll be last place. Okay. I uh, I also am going to say that because I don't know that the goaltending is there. Jake Allen's okay, but he was hurt so much last year, and he got paid an exorbitant amount of money for nine wins. I don't understand that. And then defense, too. Like, they're without Shea Weber again. They lost uh, uh, Romanoff. Like, yep, yep. I don't know. There's some holes there. And then, uh, I mean – Nothing against Slavkovsky, but I mean, you're starting an 18 year old. Like, I mean, that's got to say something about your forward group a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they got the vets there. I listened. I was listening to a podcast this week, and they were talking about how they they didn't blow all the vets out the door. Like, remember Edmondson did that with Taylor Hall? It was like he was the leader. Like, it was just like, what the heck? Like, where'd all the vets go here? Hemsky, Horkoff, yeah. all those guys were pushed out the door shortly after he got there, and it was. And then we had the decade of darkness, as we'd sometimes dub it. But uh, yeah. that was that was in that in that realm. So, uh, but I believe Montreal. Yeah, I, I think they'll make strides. I don't think they'll be last in the league, but in Canadian teams, I think they will be. Um, who yes. do you think is is sixth this year? I think Winnipeg. Yeah, I had Winnipeg written down already. I, I they didn't they didn't do anything. Like, what did they do in the off season besides get a new coach? Nothing, and, and and no save Dave or whatever they call him, big save Dave. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I don't know. I like the I I hope I've said this before when we broke down the teams. I hope all the Canadian teams do well, um, yeah. because it's good. It's good for hockey when Canada's doing well and for the fans in this country. So, but I think Winnipeg didn't do anything, and I think the other teams all made moves. Like I look at Ottawa's going to be good this year. Um, I'm going to actually rank them. I think up at four. But um, Ottawa is going to uh, be pretty decent this year. We have uh, Oilers and Calgary will be decent. Leafs are going to make the playoff. Like these are these are things that we basically assume are going to happen. Um, Elias Pettersson came out for the Canucks, <laughs> said he wants to play playoffs. So I mean, um, that, they're at that point. I remember when the Oilers were saying that every year. It's like, oh, it'd be nice to play postseason, and now we're here. We are like. Well, it'd be nice if we went further than three rounds, right? So, um, so who do you have at number five, Josh? Quickly here. Uh, number five, I'm gonna put Vancouver. I think. I think okay. uh, Ottawa. I think Ottawa kind of takes a big step and leapfrogs a little bit here with the moves. Like, like I think out of the Canadian teams, like I know Calgary made some big moves, but they were kind of forced into it. I think, as far as like just moves for your team, I think. Uh, I think Ottawa made the most out of those teams that were out of the playoffs, those mm-hmm. Canadian teams. 
I think they made the most improvements to make themselves possibly a, like a playoff team with mm-hmm. uh, Drew and Talbot and like re-signing that core and like all the pieces they've been bringing in. I think that uh, I think they kind of leapfrog a little bit. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for for myself, I'm gonna I'm gonna put. Uh... Well, I don't know. I don't know if I want Ottawa or Vancouver there. That's a tough, tough call because I think Vancouver is decent, but they, they too have made just minor tweaks and changes to their roster, right? So, yeah, my thing, the only hesitation, like I was kind of trying to go through the roster in my head, but uh, Demko is like my wild card. Like, does he mm-hmm. steal enough games that he pushes them ahead of Ottawa? But I, I still think Ottawa has just made a little bit more moves. Just to leapfrog, like just, I don't know if they'll be like miles and miles ahead, but I think like them in Vancouver will kind of be those teams that might swap positions. But I think, yeah, I don't know. That's that's where I put Vancouver there. I don't think they made enough moves to increase their chances much more than Ottawa did. But mm-hmm. and Ottawa had a had a good good uh, off season rate, so. I think I yeah I think I'll agree with you there. Put Vancouver at five, and I'm going to put Ottawa at four. Um, I think they made some made enough moves, but I don't think they made enough moves to vault them in the top three, right? Like I don't see them making stranger things have happened, but I don't see them making a Cinderella run to the cup. Um, but I mean, like Claude Giroux, Talbot obviously is on the shelf now to start, so that's going to hurt them, I think, a little bit. But I don't think I don't think it's as bad as like I don't know could relate some oiler terrible goalie Ilya Brzezgalov or something. It's not that bad. Um, Anton Forsberg is decent and he will win them games. And now that they have some vets in that present in their locker room there and some decent guys on the back end, I don't think they're in trouble. I think it's actually going to maybe benefit them when you have a healthy Talbot come in who hasn't played any games, um, you know, <laughs> end of November is when they're all kind of on the first tired of the first rush and they'll be like, he's fresh. Let's go. So I think yeah. that might help them, but I'm going to, I'm going to slate them in at number four here. Um, Cause I don't think the top three are changing. That's where I'm going to put them to. And I think they might be one of those front runners for uh, Jacob Chikrin as too, as well. when that all levels out. So like if they add him to that team, like that's just another like advancement for them. But I, I think they're number four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we come to the top three. Um, I don't, like I didn't think these teams would change um, in terms of being in the top three. Who do you put Josh at number three? I think the Leafs still. I think yeah. Calgary and Edmonton are both both uh, better than the Leafs. I think the Leafs didn't make any moves, and I think they downgraded their goaltending. So I think I think yeah. they still might manage to make the playoffs because of their offensive output. But I think yeah, I put them at the three spot there. Yeah, I I'm gonna put them there too. And goaltending is what comes to my mind, and defense, right? Like I, there's all these injuries around that core. I don't know what's going on there, um. But I think goaltending, right? We could say that for every one of these teams. Is Allen gonna steal games? Is Hellebuck gonna steal games? Is Demko gonna steal games? Talbot, Forsberg, are they gonna steal games? Can Matt Murray and uh, Samsonov steal games? Can Campbell and Skinner steal games? Can Markstrom's like we're gonna say that for every team, right? Um, but what do we like? I think Toronto's there. Um, at number three, I do because of the goaltending. 
Um, and for that reason, I'm almost even hesitant to put Edmonton at number one. Is their goaltending as consistent as Calgary? I don't, I actually don't know. The only thing that gives me saving grace is that we can score on Markstrom at will for whatever reason that is, right? That's the only thing I think what the Oilers have the upper hand, but, but season long, are they going to win the division again? Probably. And I'm, I'm okay saying that I, I don't, they won the division last year and we still went further than them. Like it's not, it doesn't matter where you end up as long as you get in. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to say Toronto at three for the goaltending thing. Um, Let's just jump to the top. Who are you putting? Are you putting Edmonton or Calgary number one? It pains me to say it, but I think Calgary. That's what I think too. I think they. I think we we've said it. They they had a stellar off season, not necessarily super better, but different. Uh, Uyghur makes them slightly better, I believe, and to sign him to long term with Kadri, with Huberdo, to have these guys there, and Markstrom. What does he have still? Four years, I think, on his deal. So. Um, they they have pieces to make. I I I say that too. I say Calgary, Edmonton, one two. Yeah, I think I think the thing that makes them one in my mind is the combination of the blue that blue line they have. Their defensive, like the players they have on defense, that uh, combined with Markstrom, I think that like whereas like. I don't think any of the other Canadian teams have that solid of a blue line in front of their goaltender. So that's mm-hmm. kind of what what's bumps them up to number one for me. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, uh, Saturday's going to be telling Battle of Alberta. I'm very sad. We only get three of those this year though. Like you used to get like six and now because of the yeah. new rules, you get, you maybe get four and this year we got robbed of one. So, um, no, stupid. <laughs> Let's play them in the playoffs again. Get get four more. Yeah. <laughs> see, what I, see what I indicated there? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, it'll only be four guys marking here. Uh, so it was Edmonton, Calgary, Toronto, Vancouver, Winnipeg, Ottawa, Montreal last year. This year we have bumped guys down. We swapped one two, and Ottawa is going to be our wild card team. We both have them sitting at four. See what happens. I mean. In a month, this sheet could completely be kaputs. It doesn't even matter. So um, it's just opinion-based podcast. And it's also hard to say because it's not like they're all in a division together. I mean, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver are. But then, like, mm-hmm. you got these other teams in other divisions. And, I mean, it's hard. Like like you said, it's just for a Canadian team breakdown. So it's like some of those teams are in tougher divisions. So, like, does Vancouver maybe bump up because they're in a bit – of an easier division than like Ottawa, yeah. say, or like I don't know, like there's stuff, stuff like that that could happen that just changes things around a little bit. But well, and I think I think that's also why we rank them to like we don't just do regular season standings, right? Like we we finished off 2022 by saying, okay, this is how far each team went. Here, Oilers went the furthest, Flames were second, third. Because once again, the playoffs, you start playing teams that aren't even in your division sometimes, and it's a it's a whole hodgepodge of things. But, um, but yeah, I mean, Edmonton, Calgary, they it pains me to say, but the Pacific Division I think is the weakest division in hockey, especially with what's going on in, in the California teams because they're all rebuilding or in transition. Uh, yeah. Calgary and Edmonton are ready to play. Seattle's brand new. Vegas is well, they're doing their own thing, I guess. And then, uh, yeah, like it's weird, right? So, but then you got Toronto 
in the Atlantic. Like that's a tough division. That's that's Tampa Bay. Like that's that's a tough division to play in. Winnipeg's in the central. Montreal is uh they're in a tough division. Like it, the East is difficult, but I mean it's been Western team winning the cup, right? Like last year. So it's not all all that way, but um We'll we'll leave it there. I think that's kind of our rankings. We go Calgary, Edmonton, Toronto, Ottawa, Vancouver, Winnipeg, Montreal. Um, sounds like I'm doing a telephone call number one eight six six. Calgary, Edmonton, Toronto, Va- Ottawa, Vancouver, Winnipeg, Montreal. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's where we're going to sit with that. I think next week on the pod we're going to go through the East divisions. We'll do the Metro and the Atlantic, and then we'll do the Pacific and the Central after that. Um, Hopefully there's not too much games passed by then. We're like, oh, it's looking actually this way now. But uh, but we'll do that next week on the pod. Uh, we're going to take a break, step away here. When we come back, it'll be uh, a Blue Jays closing edition of Mike's Major League Moments and a little bit of baseball stuff that's going on in the world. And, uh, yeah, we'll look at that. We still got performers, NFL pick them. Uh, but that is all still to come on the MJ Sports Pod Season 1, Episode 6. Welcome back to the MJ Sports Pod Season 1, Episode 6 already. Uh, now it's time for uh, Mike's Major League Moments, as Josh has always dubbed this. Um, the Blue Jays are out. I know, I'm wearing my, I'm wearing their hat as we record this, but it's because I enjoy the hat. Um, not so much what the team did on Saturday. So, Game 1, Luis Castillo comes out and just throws a gem for Seattle. Like, hats off. He was good. Lights out. He he didn't let us let anything phase him. Uh, he pitched, I believe, into the eighth inning. So game two comes out. Kevin Gosman says, we're going to win this game. Ross Stripling will start game three. We will go to the DS, play the Astros, right? Kind of just, and what's he going to say? We're going to be defeated? Probably not. So he goes out there and he throws a gem. Kevin Gosman, at one point he had 10 guys retired in a row. Um, nothing was phasing him. Um, Blue Jays are piling on runs for him. It was four nothing for the Blue Jays at one point, which was the same score that the Mariners won uh, game one by. And so as we as we go through this, he's just rolling, rolling, rolling. Blue Jays adding runs. They knocked Robbie Ray out in the third inning. It's looking very good, right? It was up to four nothing. Uh, then the Mariners made it four to one. And then after that, when the Jays got down in the bottom half of the inning to bat, they added four more. They made it eight to one. Okay. You're thinking, this is good. This is good. Uh, My wife looked at it. We had somewhere to be. She said, well, it looks kind of like it's over. I said, oh, I hope it is, but I don't know. Uh, I had a friend too. He's like, I'm going to go have supper. It looks like a safe lead. Uh, Then we all learned that no lead is safe in Major League Baseball. The Mariners came all the way back. The Blue Jays ended up having a 9-6 lead. The Mariners scored three on a bizarre play. It was a bloop to center field. Springer and Bichette collide hard. Uh, Tapia comes in. I believe he was the one that picked up the ball, threw it in the infield. Um, but he also threw to third at one point rather than second to keep the double play in effect. There's all there's mistakes all over the diamond, it felt like, in the back half of the game. But what the kicker in that game was is Gosman is pitching a gem. He is not even at 90 pitches. I believe he was just just over ninety when he got got yanked, but he like he's rolling. Two outs in the fifth, 
they put Tim Meza in, who has been decent for the Blue Jays this year, and he allows three runs, four runs actually to score. He puts up a four spot. Uh, all but one of those runs were charged to Kevin Gosman because they're earned runs. Besides the point, um, but it was looking good. And then they went to the relievers and John Schneider said he could second guess all season, but he's not going to um, why they pulled Kevin Gosman instead of letting him get one more out rather than putting the right-hander or the switch hitter, sorry, uh, Santana in against Tim Meza. He's had a good, good record against left-handed pitching. Why that matchup was figured. I don't know. Um, but the Blue Jays blow it, man. They blow it. It was nine, nine. They, the Mariners scored at the top of the, 10, top of the ninth, sorry. Bottom nine, Jays had a guy on. Wasn't working. Bottom eight, Blue Jays had a Bichette on third and still couldn't hit him in. So they had chances to finish that game off many times. But people trying to look for someone to blame. I now know what it feels like maybe to be a Toronto sports fan in the sense of what Leaf fans feel every year. And I actually don't say that as a joke. Like, it's devastating that this team looked very promising and then all of a sudden, that was it. So we look at that, things are not looking good that way. And then um, Kevin Gosman's on the bench watching this implode and uh, Blue Jays don't win. The uh, Mariners move on and props to them, right? Like they, they played some solid baseball and they never gave up in any game in either game, I should say. But you look at this, the Rays are gone. The Blue Jays are gone. The Mets are gone and the Cardinals are gone. The Cardinals were up in the ninth inning of game one against the Phillies and the Phillies scored. I forget how many runs it was. It was, I think it was six or seven. They scored all of them in the top of the ninth and then came in, closed the game, bottom nine, won game one in St. Louis. Then they won game two. And so they're on their way. And uh, it's going to be some intriguing baseball. So we have the Padres facing off with the Dodgers. So that's what that'll be entertaining game in California. We have the Phillies against the Braves, the defending champs. You have the Yankees against the, um, I was going to say Indians, the guardians, Cleveland guardians. And you then have the Mariners in Houston to start that ALDS um, in Texas. So, some intriguing matchups. As a Blue Jays fan, it is infuriating to play 162 and watch them play like that and lay eggs in, in two games in a row when, when it mattered. Um, I'm hoping the experience – do you pick a moral victory out of that? I don't know. But I hope there's experience gained from that. And I really hope that um, as they journey forth now, um, they will grow from this because that was just eek to watch watch that game implode. Um the other thing that's going to be interesting going forward is will Ross Stripling be back? He's a UFA. He had a career year. Um, I hope, I mean, he said, yeah, it'd be great to be back here. They always ask them right after they've lost something big, but um, I hope he considers Toronto and that Toronto actually offers him something. Um, but I won't be surprised if he's on his way out either. Um, he gave us what we needed this year. Um, Gosman gave us what we needed in game two. Uh, Noah struggled a little bit in game one, but even still 4 nothing is not something surmountable for the Blue Jays to overcome. They just could not solve Castillo. Um, but we'll see. We'll see where baseball goes. It is frustrating to have your team out of the playoffs, um, but the matchups that remain are going to be intriguing. Uh, 
part of me wants Seattle because they haven't been there for so long, but uh, also wouldn't mind Cleveland, who has the longest um, active World Series drought in uh, Major League Baseball right now. I believe they're the longest now. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's going to be an intriguing playoff run now. Blue Jays out. Uh, Rays out. Mets out. And the Cardinals are out, ending Albert Pujols and uh, Molina's careers, I believe end of an era, at least in St. Louis. And uh, we'll see. We'll see what goes. Uh, But we will be right back. We'll talk more sports on the other side of the break. This has been Mike's Major League Moments on the MJ Sports Pod. Welcome back to the MJ Sports Pod Season 1, Episode 6. We want to do our CFL breakdown. Um four games in the cfl last week josh uh, i would say two of them close three of them close one was not um winnipeg edmonton was not close at all but uh the the game of the week that i thought I, a lot of people were saying oh it's going to be such a sleeper of a game whatever but to me saskatchewan hamilton had such playoff implications because hamilton is the team saskatchewan has to pass in the standings for the crossover right and they're they're in position to do that right now but they just made it a lot tougher by losing 18 to 14 the offense started rolling and then just stopped working. Like it was very weird. The defense couldn't stop the run. Uh, Hills there, West Hills, or as uh, as uh, Rod Smith likes to call him, West Downhills. Um, <laughs> he was just trucking. I think he had 130 yards on the ground. Like the Riders could not stop him. Um, the Riders had nothing going. They're on their fourth running back of the season. Shaq Cooper had nothing. I should not have picked him for my fantasy. Um, Me either. <laughs> yeah, it was just such a bust of a pick. And then uh, Toronto is trying to lock up first place in the East. They still need to fortify their position. So uh, they go out and they beat BC. Um, but the kicker is, literally, Sean White missed a field goal to tie that and send it to overtime. So Toronto wins just, but Toronto also lost to Winnipeg earlier in the year by missing a convert. So it's kind of like now it works in their favor, but uh, – it is what it is. Winnipeg, um, yeah, whatever. Forty-eight, eleven. They still, sl- they've solidified first in the West and everything. So, it's uh, the West final will go through there. Probably won't see Caleros next week, um, but uh, probably the last game you probably see him play. A, I would say half a quarter, maybe if not a full quarter of the game, but won't see him much of the rest of the way now to get get ready for the playoffs because really you have one game and then it's Great Cup for them if if they win it, which. I wouldn't mind if they don't, but it's very likely that that will happen again. Um, and then Ottawa goes into Montreal. Montreal has not secured a playoff spot. Ottawa keeps their playoff hopes alive, whatever that means. Um, <laughs> it beats them 24-18. Like, Montreal had all their guys back. Standback was even back. He didn't play much, and he's not – like, that's expected coming off. Everyone else is, like, at the end of the year, and he's playing in game two of the season. So it's not expected he would be, like, 150 yards on the ground. But it's like, geez. Like that's a home win that you should have snatched and our buckle and company come in and they're like, we're not done. So Ottawa has always kind of been my, <laughs> my Eastern team. If I wanted to have an Eastern team, I've always kind of liked their, their culture and things that they got going on there. Um, but what did you think of the games? If you want to chime in on any of those and stories, I mean, the Ottawa one was kind of interesting with Bob Dice, right? Getting his first win as a head coach there. So. Yeah, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't really watch much CFL on the weekend, but 
yeah, the Ottawa one definitely was intriguing. The Ottawa Montreal just because uh, just because Montreal needs to solidify that playoff spot, and Ottawa with the new coach and just a lot of good storylines going into that one, and they kind of keep their playoff hopes alive slightly for now. Mm-hmm. Um, the Winnipeg one kind of to be expected, playing against Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, didn't really have much hope. Like we, I think we said on the last podcast, Edmonton was just kind of there to check out the sights and stuff. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> Head so, to the forks. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then the Saskatchewan one kind of surprised me because, like you said, they needed to beat Hamilton to like kind of solidify a crossover, and they weren't able to come up with it. But uh, they, they've been like. Like you said, they're on to their fourth running back of the year so far. So, <laughs> well, I mean, and it's it was a weird game because like Saskatchewan came out firing, like they they were good. They really have nothing to lose, right? Like they're not going to win in the West. They have to win these games. Like so, you're going to go out and play hard. But uh, like they blocked a punt on Hamilton's ten, had the ball there. Uh, they had an, a weird onside punt situation i've never seen it work out that way basically the rider punter hoofed it in the air somehow like it was they're like it's a terrible <laughs> kick and then he ran and touched it because he's the onside guy and there's flags flying and then andre pru he was halfway announcing what had happened he turned his mic off everyone loves andre but uh it was just a weird <laughs> it was a weird game like the first half took probably almost two hours to play and usually it's the back half that does right but um yeah frustrating to be a rider fan i i was watching the game my father-in-law came over and i was like yeah the riders are a hot mess and he's like you're just figuring that out now he's a bomber fan i should say but <laughs> um so it is what it is but no so i mean going into next week the riders are on the bye so everyone else is playing so it's montreal and ottawa again so a rematch there hamilton calgary is going to be intriguing because calgary needs to lock up their spot uh, like they're fighting for home field now with BC. Like they've already made the playoffs. Uh, Toronto's in Edmonton, so Toronto needs to win that. Um, Winnipeg, BC in BC, and I think you're going to see a. I, I actually am going to pull for a BC win there because I think, I think Winnipeg's not going to play a ton of stars because they don't need to win the game. They're going to bring all their guys, but I don't think they're all going to play the whole game. So, I think BC might might do it, but BC. Nathan Rourke is throwing again at practice and moving around. He's got his jersey on and everything. So <laughs> who knows, right? Anything can happen to the CFL. So but, Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, the, the weeks are chiming down. And so we're gonna we're gonna see what happens there. And um two weeks left or three weeks left, CFL. Uh well this week the riders are on the bye and then they have two games. So three weeks, I guess, left. Okay. This is the third last, and then the playoffs start the first Sunday in November, I believe, November the sixth or whatever day that is. Um, oh, okay. Is the semis, so we're coming down to it here, but uh, lots still up for grabs. I, I for whatever reason thought Montreal had clinched their playoff spot a while ago. <laughs> so I was like, watching the other day, they're like, "Oh, they need a clinch." I'm like, "Oh, that's it." So, <laughs> but, uh, but it, it just shows the East, right? They're seven and nine, I think, and the Riders are six and ten. So the Riders are like a win behind them, but they can't ever pass them. Like that's the rules of the crossover. But Hamilton's five and ten or whatever, so it's like they got a game in hand, and they could. It's weird. I don't know. Hamilton could still get second place if Ottawa <laughs> keeps winning games, and Ottawa is still not mathematically out, which I don't understand. But that's the, that's the East, so yeah, it's got to be got to be second place. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll we'll watch that. We'll do a bit deeper CFL uh, breakdown next week um, as playoff things start to align a bit. And uh, yeah, so we'll take a break here. We'll come back and uh, do a little bit more on the MJ Sports Pod. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the MJ Sports Pod, uh, Season 1, Episode 6. Josh, we're here wrapping it up. Uh, in Pick'em, you are taking me to town in our NFL Pick'em. Um, just keep <laughs> keep cruising along, right? I'm sub-500. I'm like half my sports teams I cheer for. But um, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're here now, Josh. I'm going to read off the games. We're going to pick four of them here. Um, there's some intriguing matchups this coming up here, but... Uh, I want to hear your thoughts. So we were recording this Wednesday evening. Um, so tomorrow night, Thursday night football, Wednesday is, uh, is uh, when is what I'm trying to say. Carson Wentz and the Washington commanders in Chicago to take on the bears. The bears are wearing their new alternate orange helmets with their orange jerseys. It looks like a, <laughs> it's interesting. Um, so who do you got there? Washington with Carson Wentz, or do you have uh, the bears taking that one? The bears are at home at soldier field. I'll take the Bears. Okay, Bears. I'm going to take Carson Wentz. I think he can do it. And so I'm going to take Washington here. So we're split there. Um, Our afternoon game on Sunday, and this is going to be the fun one. This is on, if you're on TSN and you look at their broadcast schedule, uh, there's one game at 4.05 Eastern. It's on uh, three channels. All the other CTV channels have Buffalo at Kansas City, which is going to be a humdinger of a game. Uh, who do you take? The Chiefs are at home um, at Arrowhead. Like, who do you think they're, Buffalo or KC? That's going to be, oh, man. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take Buffalo, I think. Okay. I I want to take Buffalo. I'm like, Kansas is at home, but I think I'm going to take the Bills. I think they can get it done. They just have a few... I think if Kansas City had Tyreek Hill still, I would be leaning that way. But really, they have Kelsey and a few other guys, right? So, but I mean, they're getting it done. It's not like they're bad. But I'm going to take the Bills as well. Um, then the Sunday night football game, the Dallas Cowboys are in Philadelphia taking on the 5-0. and 5-0 and Philadelphia Eagles. Our brother David loves that. Um, and the reason they beat Arizona last week was because Arizona missed a field goal. So... <laughs> they're getting wins. So a win's a win, right? Yeah. But Dallas, I mean, their backup is undefeated, and they say the Dak Prescott will be back pretty soon. But I'm like, do you put him in right away, or do you just roll with things? Like they're doing well, so it'll be a good game. Yeah. I think it's four, four and one against five and zero, oh, if I'm not mistaken. So it's not like they're bad teams. Do you but, say it's the Cowboys versus the Eagles or the Colts? No, the Cowboys. Yeah, Dallas. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So who do you got there? Philadelphia's at home, if that helps you. For I'm just going to go with Dallas. I think I think Philadelphia, okay. I think they're due for a loss at some point soon. I think it's going to come. So I'm just going to go with Dallas, I think. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Eagles and just ride it out to see how long it goes. <laughs> um, and then the Monday night here, they make these schedules before the season starts, right? So let's remember this. But for whatever reason, Monday night, the Denver Broncos are on another feature game against the Los Angeles Chargers. And I'm going to say first, I'm taking the Chargers because the Denver Broncos are a hot 
dumpster fire of a situation in primetime games. I don't know what it is. I mean, they were showing like uh, uh, Russell Wilson's like Broncos country. Let's ride, and then it's like the ride, and it's just like this flat tired car. Like it's it's so bad, right? And they they're showing the city on fire and the stadium on fire, and it, every time the Broncos have been on Thursday night, Monday night, Sunday night, it's been bad, bad football. I would say the Seattle game was okay, but after that, it's like, what's going on? Like, it's falling off the rail. But who are you taking? Are you taking the Broncos or are you going to lean LAC as well? No. Yeah, I'm going to take Chargers as well. <laughs> it's, it's just a hot mess of a situation. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so we'll we'll monitor that. Um, I think next week we'll probably talk a little more NFL headlines as well. Uh, there's concussion protocol what is roughing the passer there's there's crazy stuff going on there's some terrible calls on in week four or sorry week five um but it'll be interesting to see where things go now well josh let's wrap up the show quickly with our performance of the week um do you have someone there that you're you're going to highlight for us yeah i think i'm uh hopefully i'm not taking yours but uh gonna go with uh dalton showing uh winnipeg with uh seven receptions 162 yards and three tds <laughs> pretty impressive <laughs> yeah not bad at all right uh yeah I had him on my fantasy team and he brought in 41 point something points i was like oh geez so he's not <laughs> that was not a bad game for him and uh, that's not to slight dembski or anyone else really they were all having games it's Edmonton. Let's do it. Yeah, Dempsey had almost a hundred yards. It's crazy, right? It's crazy. Um, for mine, I'm taking. Now I don't even know how to position him, but Taysom Hill of the Saints. Like I'm a huge Saints fan as well, but Taysom Hill was in the quarterback mix last year when James Winston tore his ACL. Um, they tried him at quarterback. They would put him at wide receiver for Drew Brees. They've tried him at tight end. He's officially listed as a tight end this year. But he had a game on Sunday. He willed the Saints. Saw a meme. It was like Saints team photo. It was just Taysom Hill with this big smile. He willed the Saints <laughs> to victory uh, over the Seahawks. Finally. Um, three rushing touchdowns, one passing touchdown. He had 112 rushing yards. One was a 60-yard scamper on a quarterback sneak. Like It's just on he's – a, he's a physical specimen that can do all these things. They've termed him as the Saint Swift Swiss Army knife, right? Like so he's quite an interesting dude. But um I'm gonna take Taysom Hill. He has four touchdowns, three rushing, one passing. Um, he did it in every way possible. He plays the teams, he plays offense. Like it's just it's like what is going on here? <laughs> so he's my performer of the week. Um and uh yeah, I mean, we're sitting here, Josh, Wednesday night. We're recording this during the first intermission of the Oilers game. The Oilers have come up completely flat here, two nothing Canucks right away. Um but, I mean, as we go now, we're going to have performers of the week like that, right? So, in hockey. So, a few more sports opening up. Oh, yeah. um, honorable mention also to Luis Castillo. He pitched a gem for the uh, Mariners against the Blue Jays in game one. And then Robbie Ray pitched horrible, and the Jays were like, here, take the game anyways. Um, so, <laughs> I want to say that. And then the Seattle Mariners got a taste of their own medicine in game one of the DS. Uh, they blew a 7-2 to two lead. And uh, lost in the bottom of the ninth on a walk-off home run. So to to Robbie Ray, who left the Blue Jays. So that's that's sweet justice. But um, but yeah, I think that'll do it for us on the show. Here we're gonna get into NHL now as we get rolling. Here we're gonna keep ranking stuff and talking about games, talk about the Oilers. Um, 
So yeah, we can uh, bid you farewell from episode six. Episode seven will drop next week. We will make sure. And uh, you can catch us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, um, literally anywhere you get your podcasts. On ACAST.com, uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at MJSportsPod. Email is MJSportsPod at gmail.com. And so, Josh, I hope you have a good week. And we will uh, catch you next week. And I hope those European listeners are loving the pod. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully we get a few more subscribers there from uh, from Europe. <laughs> We're going global. On the, we have to do a world tour eventually. No, uh, but yeah, no, we will. We'll, we'll be translating our, our podcast. Yeah, we'll have to have subtitles. We'll have to do videos so there's subtitles. Um, where you just have like they do the translating in the parliament uh, buildings there, and it's like start speaking French. And you have that mundane like. I am mad that the conservatives are doing this. And I'm just like, man, could someone be more, <laughs> a little more joyful there? Like, yikes. But anyways, that's what I'm talking about. Getting into politics a lot on this podcast. We have to change it to the MJ Sports Pod. Yeah. Sports <laughs> Politics Podcast. So, all right. Well, I bid you farewell. <laughs> Stay safe, everyone. And we will catch you next yeah. week on the MJ Sports Pod.